Woo. Thank you, worship team. Thank you for leading us well. Man, the presence of God is in this place. And I can tell you that uh, I knew that that was going to happen. <laughs> and let me tell you how I knew. Um, so getting ready for this message, man, God just kept showing me kind of the same things, right? The same verse, the same, the same text, kind of like the same idea. And then, uh, man, listen, can I just be honest with you? Can I be transparent? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Miss Janet's good with it. Who else is good with it? All right. That's, there's my church. All right. Sounds good. Um, so if I'm being transparent, man, this message spoke to me. Listen, God spoke to me through this message. So I am excited because listen, I already let my messages get internal, but I could tell you I got saved in this message this week. And so I am very, very excited to be bringing you the word because listen, here, here's what I've noticed. We're going to get to a point in this sermon where it's going to get uncomfortable. And I could tell you that when I was writing this sermon, it was uncomfortable for me. Come on now. It was uncomfortable for me, but let me tell you, I got to walk in it this week. All right. So um, I am running on zero sleep right now. And here's why. I'm running on like supernatural Jesus, Holy Spirit, adrenaline right now because your boy didn't go to bed last night. You know what was happening last night? Instead of going over my, my message notes and sailing into the night on a nice, calm Saturday evening, we were getting ready to, to eat dinner. And uh, dude, I mean, my wife had just prepped the food and stuff like that. And so our kids were like, hey, can we go play with the puppies? I don't know. I think our puppies are broken, y'all. <laughs> so listen, they, they are adorable, which is why they're not dead. Um, so um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I've got to be honest today. Um, so the puppies will spend all this time outside, but then they will come in and immediately pee. <laughs> And listen, I'm from like old school, rub your nose in it, you know, put them outside. But I've been reading specifically on these dogs that if you scold them, what they do is they don't learn from it. Instead, what they do is they're ashamed of it. And so what they'll do is they'll just hide going to the bathroom in the house. And so it's a weird dynamic because I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Let's go outside, buddy. And I start, you know, you just kind of start shaking. Um, you, you know, bl busted uh, blood vessels in the eye. A lot of those, a lot of those going on with the pups. But listen, they are crazy. And so I was like, here, y'all go outside and play with the dogs. And so they did that. My sweet, beautiful little girl walked up and she goes, Daddy, can I play on the playground? And I was like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You go on that playground. I killed all the hornets on it. I made sure there was no spiders on it. You go, girl. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, if I'm being honest, I could just have, you know, a couple of minutes <laughs> without the kids outside, without the puppies. Come on, where are my parents at? Where are my parents at? And all of a sudden, listen, it's not weird to hear daddy 10, 
thousand times at my house. Daddy, daddy, daddy. So I started hearing that. And so because I hear it so often, I've learned to hear the, the difference in tone to know when it's an emergency or when it's just like, uh, you know. And so by the tone, my little girl was saying daddy and I was talking. And so I'm like, well, she could wait. And then at that point, Rachel caught sight of Lila and her eye was gushing blood. And so Rachel's like, nope, she's hurt. And so I walk outside and I'm expecting my little girl to be walking around. You know, she's daddy, daddy. She comes. How many of y'all have seen Thor Ragnarok? Like, come on, y'all ain't got to lie. We're in church, there's like four of you. Okay, well, anyways, in that movie, Thor loses an eye, and that's what it looked like. I'm talking, bro, her whole eye. If you want to see pictures, I got them, but I'm not going to show it on, online because, you know. Whew. Anyway, her whole eye. And so listen, normally what I would have done is I would have freaked out because my daddy heart's hurting. I'm sitting there and you don't know at that point. I'm like, I don't know. Is there something in her eye? Did something get hurt? What has happened? I have no idea. They are hysterical. They could not tell me. I walk outside. I don't even really fully register, but the swing set has collapsed. And so I'm like, uh, and so I, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to freak. So what I did instead, because of this message right here, I walked upstairs and I said, you know what? No, mm -mm. no, no, no. Here's the deal. I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. I rebuke her eye being messed up. I pray healing over her in the name of Jesus. I speak pr protection and I speak peace over her in the name of Jesus. And listen, so, so at first when she got here, her eye was like, it was bad, guys. And then by the time we got to the hospital, she started saying, hey, I can see. <laughs> yeah, listen. And so then the doctor comes in and he goes, well, I can tell you right now because she's following me that her eyeball is okay. And he's like, we're concerned about uh, fractured cheekbone and of course, you know, neck head trauma. So she had a C collar on and all that stuff. Just pitiful. Poor little girl. And uh, so she gets a CAT scan and uh, is, is it still called CAT scan? Yeah. Yeah, oh, everybody over 50 said, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, hey, hey. All right, anyway. <laughs> But she gets a scan and, and, you know, we're we're in there and we're just praying. And then they had an issue. Pastor Josh was there. They had an issue with the scan. And we're like, ugh. And so we're praying, God, come on. He comes in and he's like, well, good news is you can take all of that off because not only does she have no fractures, her spine is okay, her head is okay, her brain is okay. Yes, give him praise. Give him praise. Now, I say that, I say that to say that when it gets really awkward and quiet in here, I want you to remember that if you'll listen and put this to work, I think, I think it'll be different. I think it'll be different for you. All right, we're going to start in Joshua 3.13 this morning. I've got a lot to preach, so I'm just going to kind of stick to a verse and break it down, all right? 
The priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, and as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. And the river will stand up like a wall. Now, I was trying to figure out what I'm going to call this, this message. And all I can think of is what happens upstream eventually happens downstream. But that means something different to some people who just went tubing a couple of weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, we'll, why don't we just title it, Do That? Can we do that? We'll just title it, Do That. So if you take notes, if you're my note takers, let's just title it, Do That. Now, I grew up in Douglasville. Most of y'all might have as well, but if you haven't and, and you're kind of new to this area, this Douglasville now is not the Douglasville that it once was. The Douglasville that it once was, like I remember when I was a kid and I lived over on like King's Highway side of Douglasville and I remember, you know, passing the horse and carriages on the way into town and I remember thinking how pretty the lights are going past the Blockbuster and, and all that stuff. You know, but even even then, Douglasville was a small town, right? And so as I got older, and even as Douglasville got larger, what you started seeing is that Atlanta became a place where people moved to. And so you have a lot of people that didn't necessarily grow up here, and there aren't, they, they aren't familiar with the territory. So you get in the habit of being like, oh, I'm just in a small town west of Atlanta, right? right? right. I, I'm in a small town like 20 minutes outside of Atlanta, right? I live in Bremen, and, and so we like to go to Oxford. We, that's kind of our hangout because um, as I, when I moved to Bremen, it was like moving to Mayberry, and uh, it spoiled me. And so I don't like leaving and going to crazy cities. And so what I do is I go to Oxford because it's very pleasant. And it has like basically the same stuff that Noonan would have for us here. But when we're out there, a lot of them don't know where Bremen is. So I'm like, oh, we're like 20 minutes from the, from the state line, from the Alabama state line right? You get kind of in the habit of that. And, and it's like, well, if I'm being honest, like your boys had too many tickets in his life. And, and so um, now it's more like 40 minutes away. You know, Darren always makes fun of me. Darren uh, is, is my buddy and he gets to places quicker than I do. I don't know how that happens, but it does. He gets there quicker than I do to the point to where I'm just going to tell y'all, listen, you need to pray for your leadership here. Pray for your leadership here. Do y'all hear me? We went on a retreat, a leadership retreat last year, and, and we were all talking about who was going to drive and stuff like that. And, and I was like, hey, I'm game to drive, but I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> I can't afford another ticket. So homeboy goes like five over. And they were all like, yeah, 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 yeah. You can drive. Yeah, yeah. And then none of them rode with me. <laughs> None of them rode with me. And then, not only that, they made it to the conference way before I did. I'm just telling y'all, pray for your leadership in this church. Your boy has it together, but pray for your leaders. Listen, 40 minutes, you, you kind of get used to that, right? Because geography is important. 
Because a lot of the times it's hard to kind of understand what is going on or the significance of details if you don't really understand the, uh, the, the geography, right? If I told you about a little town called Cedartown, you may be like, oh, that's a little podunk town that I go through to get to, right? But listen, here's what I know Cedartown as. It has this place called Moore Soda Fountain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Y'all ain't ready for Moore Soda Fountain. We don't need to be talking about Moore Soda Fountain at 11 o'clock. Let me tell you about Moore Soda Fountain, if y'all will permit me for just one second. Moore Soda Fountain is like an old school, it's in the square of Cedartown, and it's like an old school pharmacy style soda shop. So not only do they have all these old sodas and coffees and Italian sodas and cream sodas and all these slushies, they even have a pickle juice slush, right? My son, he's right up here in the front. He tried the pickle juice slush. He regretted it almost immediately. Um, but they have all this stuff. They have some like kind of candy that you can't get anywhere else. And they, they have all, all this fun stuff there. But here's why I like to go. They have ice cream, but they also have their own waffle cone maker, and they're young and inventive. So what they have done is they have came up with two concoctions. One is called ice cream nachos, and that is waffle cone cracked up into like nacho cheese or nacho chips, and then you got your ice cream. I get vanilla with hot fudge, all right? Then we share that. And then they have what's called a, uh, you'll know why I say share in just a second. Then you have the bubble waffle. And now what a bubble waffle is, is it's their, their uh, waffle cone batter, which is kind of sweet. And then they have this special waffle iron that it, when they put it in there, it makes these bubbles. And it almost looks like a poppet. You know what I'm talking about? And so when you're looking at it, that's what it looks like. It looks like a big, fluffy, steamy, amazing poppet. And then I get chocolate ice cream on that with caramel. And then we all split that. And then, if we're not nauseous, we get round two. <laughs> and, and we just do that. And listen, this is what's dangerous about this place, is they keep a tab on you. <laughs> So they're just like, hey, yeah, you grab what you want. We'll keep up with it and let you know when you leave. See, now that's really nice and convenient unless you have kids. Because then you're like, man, I love the fact that we found all that. $400? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, ma'am. Well, y'all have ate it. We, did, we didn't. We didn't. Can we throw it up? What's happening? You know? So make sure that you're, you're, you're covered. But Cedartown is different for you than it is for me. There's also a barbecue place there. Woo! Lord, this barbecue place is amazing. And I found it by accident, guys. It's called Smokin' Grizzly. And they have weird hours. But listen, it's the best barbecue I've had in a long, long time. And... They have a new thing called a barbecue parfait where it's mashed potatoes, macaroni, pork, barbecue sauce, layered, stacked. Let's go to lunch. Right? Right. Now, there's another place. If I say amusement mile to a lot of us, 
we may be thinking, okay, well, that's probably someplace with an amusement park. Maybe it's a boardwalk, right? But to your Batman fans, we know that's where the Joker hides out. Right? Amusement mile. But you see, you see, it's important to know where the place is because not all the time we get the details by the, the names. And so Galilee was known by the, uh, as the land of darkness, but we know it as significant in Scripture. Right? That'll preach to a back-to-school crowd this morning, right? Culture doesn't tell you what's significant. God tells you what's significant. Now, the Jordan River was the same way. The Jordan River, all these significant things happened in Scripture, right? The, the miracle we're, we're reading about today, Joshua crossed over the Jordan, right? Naaman was healed in the Jordan, healed of leprosy in the Jordan. Uh, Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, right? Jesus preached at the Jordan. And listen to this, Jesus even took refuge from the crazies on the Jordan, Right? When, when, when the people were trying to come, come at him for preaching, he would even go out on the Jordan and he'd take refuge. But however, if you look at the Jordan in terms of rivers, it's not very big. It's not a big river. And if you go to Israel, you will see that it's small. So, except for this time of year. Yeah. So this time of year, the Bible, and we'll read this in a minute, actually says that it's overflowing at its banks this time of year. So God chose this time of year to cross this river when it was at its largest. When it was at its fullest, God chose this time to say, cross over the river and go into the promised land. Now this, again, is an overflowing river, and Jesus, Jesus, God said that they will walk through on dry land. So listen, if you get up to the banks of the Jordan what are you expecting to happen? Probably the same thing that happened at the Red Sea. Right? right. But listen, the water wasn't going to stop until they stepped. Right. Unlike the miracle that they had seen in the past, God was doing something different. He was telling them, listen, all of this is going to happen. All of the same results is going to happen. You're going to be able to walk over into the promised land, but here's what you have to do. You have to walk over the Jordan at its flood stage. And here is why, church, here, here's why that's important. First of all, if you can just cross over a puddle, then where's God in that? Right? Right? There, there's no miracle. There's no deliverance. There's no reason to depend on God. But not only that, church, listen to this. It was flooded because they were coming out of the rainy season, out of the stormy season, out of the, out of the season that filled the water, and they're seeing the results of it. Now, and then they get there, 
And God says, step. God says, step. See, they had to take a physical step, right? But listen to me. Every one of us in here has a calling and a purpose on our lives and what God is doing with each and every one of us this morning is he's telling us to take steps. And so what I want to do is I want to ask you today what steps you have been taking towards what God is telling you to walk into. See, now the, 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 Jordan was flooded, not just because they had just gone through a stormy season, but come on, when they got through the Jordan, it was important that the Jordan was flooded because what season they were going to was harvest season. So listen, listen, God let them cross over the river at its fullest stage to show his glory and to make sure that they were covered with a great harvest when they got to the promised land, right? And so let me ask you this, what steps have you taken to go into that calling? What, what, what steps have you walked into? Who's, who's, been in, who's been in your ear this week, right? Uh, uh, let me ask you this, or have you stopped? at the bank of the Jordan and you see this river and you're like, man, all right, well, here, here it is. Well, I know God's got this, right? Because this ain't even a big river. I've seen God part rivers. And we stop there and then our conversations start to look like this. Okay, God, I'm waiting on you, buddy. I believe you can do it. And then what happens is you start to get discouraged. Why? Because God's not doing it. And when there's a disconnect between what you believe and what is actually happening, it gets very frustrating. And so what oftentimes is we will not actually have these conversations with God. We feel the guilt and the, the, the consequence of it. And because of that, we hold on to it. And instead, what we go to do is we go down to the river, we expect the waters to part, nothing happens, we get discouraged, and then we start spiritualizing it, right? Have you ever done that? Have you ever been like, well, maybe I didn't hear right, you know, guys, things have been chaotic, you know, maybe I just didn't hear God, or what am I doing, God, to stop you, you know, or, 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 or listen, God, have you ever heard this one? God's doing so much in my life right now, but their life is insane. And listen, what I'm trying to tell you is that sometimes God is saying, no, listen, we're frustrated and you're discouraged and I'm not doing the miracle because I've already told you what to do. And in order for me to move, I'm going to do it differently. So I know that you got down to the water and I know that you expected the wind to blow and I know that you expected the water to stand up, but that's not how I'm going to do it this time. And it's not how I'm calling you to cross the water. That's how I I called them to cross the water. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than this church is responding. Come on now. But he's saying, 
I want you to do something different. And now this is a different generation. This is a generation that is walking into the promise, right? Now, this is amazing, but we, we see that God's telling them to do something different. Now, what happens with us is when God tells us that, a lot of times what happens is, is no, we get frustrated and we start trying to find our own way and we start trying to operate in our own strength or we start trying to find what, what God's trying to teach us in this season. And I wonder, church, how many things and how many, how many times in our lives that we label storms or we label seasons are really just fallout from us stopping at the bank and not doing what God's told us to do. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. <laughs> I'm going to break that down a little bit more in a minute. <clears throat> more on that in a minute. Listen, I'm going to smile. I've already told y'all I preach this. This next part convicted me. I hope y'all did not wear your good shoes to church today. Listen, I will tell you for the rest of the year, especially with Pastor Josh coming back from vacation, and then I got a vacation coming up, and then we've got some powerful times of ministry. Y'all need to start wearing y'all's beaters to church, all right? Y'all need to start wearing them old shoes to church, right? Lean in for this. God showed me this. Saturday morning. Now, this is before all the crazy stuff happened with Lila. God showed me this, and I wrote it down as he was speaking it to me. Uh, a lot of the things that we call storms resemble the consequences of delayed obedience in the Bible. Anxiety. Come on now. Pastor, you can't say stuff like that. Hmm. I didn't say it. I wrote it. <laughs> Anxiety, depression. I wonder, I wonder if things would be different in our lives if we weren't waiting on God to do the same thing that he's always done. Because what happens is we get scared and so we stay in the season that God showed up in. The season where God delivered us from slavery and where God showed up and, and fed manna <laughs> when we didn't have any food. We, we want to stay there because we know God's there and we, we know God's in it. Sometimes it's hard when God's telling us to go ahead. It, it, it's hard to leave that season. And I don't really know who this is for. Maybe it was just for me and that's okay. But, but, but listen, he's saying that sometimes you have to let go of the things that he's done to make way for the things that he wants to do. Right? Let me break this down for a minute. You have two natures, at least two. Some of us are like, well, let's talk, you know, <laughs> Paul talks about this, right? He, he talks about these two natures. And, and, and so, like, you probably have, a, like, an idea of what I'm talking about when I start saying these two natures, right? The, these two natures, you probably have, like, a, a preconceived notion. And oftentimes, what I have seen is that people have the idea that, that these two natures are some version of this. The person I am, Miss CJ, thank you, ma'am, versus the person 
that I can be, right? Right? The person I am versus the person I can be. But see, here's the deal. Both of these are not okay because both of these can be good or bad at any moment. Because what if you ain't a good, good person? <laughs> what if you ain't a godly husband? What if you ain't this? What, what if you don't want to be something that God's calling you to be? What, th see, these things can move. These things could turn around. These things can change, and they can change by the voice that we listen to that we... It could be our own voice. And so this is what we get focused on. And when we get here, we stay here because this is the same thing. This is just like saying the same thing, but putting a little bit different sauce on it. You know what I mean? This is like, this is like, this is Big Mac sauce. Well, it's Thousand Island. Uh, it's Big Mac sauce. Come on. <laughs> Thousand Island. You know what I mean? That's what this is. And so instead, a better, more biblical contrast would be this. Your true self, right? The person that God created you to be. And then your false self, the person that we think we should be but aren't. Come on, church. That right there, if I could speak to some teenagers for a minute, that right there is where most teenagers will fall away from God because they have this idea that they are not the person who they think that they should be and they get discouraged and they lose focus. Uh, of who God's called them to be, and they never get out of this. I've seen it so many times, and I see it with adults as well, but I see it with teenagers. Where are my E students at? Where are my E students at? Y'all quiet? Y'all quiet? Y'all are quiet today. Y'all better get some energy up. Y'all, if I'm not, you know, y'all put me to sleep, I'm going to put you to sleep, Right? <laughs> But listen, you operate in the self that you feed. You operate in the voice that you listen to most. So whose voice has been in your ear this week? Because listen, it's yours, but, but which one? Listen, I'll tell you mine because it, more than likely, it's probably not one thing. More than likely, it's several different things. So I'll share one of mine. My kids went back to school on Wednesday. On Wednesday, Wednesday morning, I woke up with the thoughts of, oh, my Lord, you are a terrible dad. You're a terrible parent. Summer's over. You didn't do anything. Y'all didn't go on vacation. Y'all didn't do anything. Y'all did all this. And so that's the voice. And then there's the other voice that's like, man, listen, you spend more time with your kids than probably any human being in the world, much less a, a, a dad. Most dads would, would kill to be able to spend as much time with their kids as you do. And you love your kids and your kids love you. And then my wife started in telling me those things, encouraging me and, and stuff like that. And before, before long, it was like, man, something was different. And it's all in the voice that I listen to because there is a dad who just wants to sit around on the couch and not do anything with his kids and not do anything with his family and not operate in, in, in anything. Instead, uh, sit there and be depressed 
depressed. And have you ever noticed that that stuff feeds itself? It feeds itself, guys. When you start operating in, st in that stuff, what you see is that it's easier to operate in it, and it's harder to get back to your true north. And so listen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you find your true north, right? Uh, I, I, I'm going to help you find it. I'm going to help you find it, right? You're asking, what can I do? I don't know, right? I don't know, but you do. I'm going to help you find it. What would you do if you were operating as your true self, the self that God created you to be? What would you do? Think about that for a minute. What's that thing if, if there wasn't fear holding you back? There wasn't anxiety holding you back. If you believed the stuff that we sing about, what would you do if you were operating in that? Y'all got it? Do that. Do that. That's my only point today is do that, Miss CJ. If you'll put that up there for me. Just leave that up there for a while. I want them to see that. Do that. Do what you believed, or do what you would do if you believed that you would walk on dry ground if the water hadn't stopped yet when you got up to the river, right? This was new to them, a, a new way of doing stuff. They knew that God could stand the water up or else they'd be in Egypt. They knew that God could stop that, what they didn't know is why it hadn't stopped when they got there. God was doing something different this time. And listen, oftentimes you'll see that God doesn't always give us the complete picture because can I tell you what would happen if God gave us a complete picture, see, some of y'all don't like that because it kind of makes God out to sound like a deceiver, and that's not what I mean. God's just really smart. Yes. He's really big. He's really sovereign, and he knows a lot. And so listen, he knows where this whole thing goes. Yeah. And if he would have shared with them what was going to come next, they probably wouldn't have ever crossed the Jordan because let me tell you what comes next. They, they have to cross the Jordan that's not stopped during the flood stage, right? They're wondering, why didn't we wait till it dried up? <laughs> you know, we could have just, maybe three more months, we could have just walked around on dust by ourselves. And then they're going to get there to this fortified city, and God's going to tell them to blow some trumpets at it. How many of y'all know that if God told you to blow some trumpets at a fortified city that everything would be safe, you might just want to make sure that you heard him right? Right? I'm not saying you wouldn't do it, but I'm saying I guarantee you you'd ask him. I guarantee you'd pray more that week. <laughs> but if God gave them the whole picture, they would have turned around and see, again, that's where we get, we feel safe in the seasons where God showed up. And listen, can I just tell you that when you're living in the place 
that became the the good place that that God that that you went to when God delivered you out of slavery eventually you'll just start to notice man you're still really close to that slavery you may not ever walk back there you may not ever go back there but man you you're not really walking in anything else too and I I, I came to tell some people this morning that being a Christian is not just about going to heaven man there are some benefits amen there are some things that just man it's powerful that comes along with with being a Christian and worship team if you'll come prepare to lead us I'm getting ready to close I want to talk to you for a minute about faith Amen. right because as we're talking about what it's going to take to go from this season to the next season, even though this season's got all the stuff you like in it, and the next season's got all the stuff that you don't know about, and right now it's got the, the scary stuff, right? You don't need generic faith. Y'all know what I mean by generic faith. Let me break down what faith is, just kind of like an easy, easy way to understand faith is generated the faith I'm talking about right here generic faith is generated from you and placed on something else right now generic faith that we see a lot of times is stuff like hey I have faith in you I have faith that you can do this I have I have faith that you, and ultimately what you're saying there is that you have belief that in somebody, and it may not always be backed up. Sometimes it's just a parent trying to encourage their kid, because, come on now, I thought, <laughs> I was just believing Lila's little eye was going to be healed, but right there in the moment, I was like, hey, mm. and then there's this deeper faith. It's still the faith that, that comes from yourself and kind of placed on, but it's deeper. It's different. You want me to tell you what it is? It's chair faith. Y'all know what chair faith is? It's the faith you put in that chair you're sitting in. Because not one person came in. Come on, Lord. Help me. Help me. Not one person came in and sat down and wondered if that chair was going to hold them. Not one person thought about the chance that that chair might, might drop them. Or that it might break. And because of that, you operated at a different level of peace when it came time to sit down. Now I want to tell you church that that is because your life experiences and and the things that you've experienced and the unanswered questions that you never brought to God and and, and tried to get rid of the, the 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 places that you stopped all that stuff is led to to instead you to have this kind of faith that's like yeah yeah no 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 I believe in God. I believe that God will do everything that I have personally seen God do.
but then what you have done is you have just limited the power of God in your life because what I'm telling you is Jesus himself said that we have that authority and that we will do greater things church listen to me listen to me we have the authority to be able to walk around and listen our 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 words be able to fall on people and, and they just feel the presence of God and, and what God was showing me church is that most of us we make it to the part where we're like Holy Spirit you're welcome here take all my shame take all my addiction take all the things that bind me but then you don't want to go into the season where God's saying now you got to let go of the shows you watch now you got to let go of the job because I'm calling you to do something else now you got to let go uh, of, of chair faith chair faith see I'm here to tell you that God's got a better track record than those chairs um, then there's my favorite representation of faith and that's faith that comes from the hearing right that comes from hearing God tell you to step that comes from the Word of God telling you listen I've done it before I don't want to do it that way I want to do it this way but if you'll just listen to me I promise I was faithful then I was faithful then I was faithful then I guarantee you that I will be faithful now because I've done it before and that's the faith I want you to operate with today church that's the faith that moves God because I guarantee you you could even have the chair faith but if you walk up to a mountain with chair faith and tell a mountain to move it's not going to go anywhere and so then what happens is you think God is a liar because God told you if you had mustard seed faith and spoke to a mountain it would it would go somewhere but listen to me church a lot of the times we stop from walking into the faith that it would take and listen i don't know about you but i just read that that's god-given faith that's faith listen that god's saying i didn't just give you the grace i gave you the faith and i gave you the tools to strengthen the faith and then I told you what the faith could be used for in your life. And church, so I want to tell you, sometimes we're, playing for, we're praying for God to remove us from the storm or we're praying for God to, to take us to the promised land, but he's already saying, yeah, 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 I'm waiting on you. In verse 13, we saw the miracle. But if we keep reading we see where it started in verse 14 it said so the people left their camp to cross the Jordan the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them it was harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks but as soon come on somebody say as soon as the feet of the priest who were carrying the Ark touched the water edge the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam which is 
near, I don't even, I'm not even going to try that one. That's a Star Wars word. Um, and the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all of the people crossed over. And if you keep reading, church, it said that every single man, woman, child crossed over on dry ground. And it happened as soon as the feet of the priest touched the water. When did it happen? When God said it was going to happen. It didn't happen before. It didn't have to happen after. It happened when God said it was going to happen. And because it happened when God said it was going to happen, listen to me, it just took the faith. It just took the faith of the priest carrying the ark to take the step. Listen to me, church. It's not going to take that much. You'll get faith burning inside you like this, and listen, you're going to take the whole place with you. You're going to start seeing God. Yeah, give God praise. Come on. Man, when you start operating in this type of faith... Can I just tell you that something just whittles away at, at, at there's nothing left eventually. You know, Pastor Josh told me this one day and I, it, it was just we were in just a conversation, nothing like really super spiritual or anything. But he's like, if the enemy gets you in one area once, he's always going to try to get you and he's going to keep going until he stops getting you in that area. Now, when you start getting into faith like this, then there's not so much of that for the enemy to attack. When you start getting into faith, I mean, it's like, okay, well, my daughter's eyes hanging out. Okay, God's a healer. I said, God's a healer. The miracle happened right when it needed to but let me tell you something it started in a town about 40 minutes away from the place where they needed it to happen now I want to ask you that same question that I asked you earlier, church. What steps are you taking? What would that thing be that you would do? But here, I'm going to ask it a little different. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for a minute. Nobody looking around. I just want you to be able to be extremely mindful of this moment because here's what I believe God is going to speak to people if he's not already and so I want to ask you what would you do if you believe that God was not just there with you at the Jordan but you believed he had gone before you and had worked all of that out too. 
so that so that when you get to the next place come on somebody when you get to the next place it doesn't sound as crazy for God to tell you to blow some trumpets in a wall because it didn't make sense for God to do any of the things that he's done. But you know what? I've learned not to question it. Instead, I've learned to ask God what he would want me to do, and then I follow it. And I know it's scary, church. I know it's hard. I know sometimes, listen, this came alive for me in a totally different way because that's where I'm at right now, church. God's calling me into, into a, a, a deeper growth with him, into a deeper level. Honestly, I asked God to help me operate more in his spirit this year. And can I just tell you that that is happening? Sometimes that's uncomfortable and sometimes it's scary. But God came to tell you today that he's not just there with you, but he's gone before you. He's gone before you. So while we spend the next couple of minutes, we're gonna worship. I've just got a couple of questions. First of all, those that God's speaking to that I've already asked, like, what's that thing you would do? I want you to just stay there. That's what I want you to do. I want you to pray there. I want you to pray on that. I want you to ask God to speak to you and, and, and to grow your faith. The, to grow your faith to believe that, that this stuff that's not will grow your faith. I want you to be there. And if you listen, some of you, I believe that God is going to speak some powerful things. That's why I'm not trying to box this up for you. I believe that some of us are going to be called into ministry. I believe that God's going to set people free from things that they've been dealing with. But I don't know what all those things are. So what I want you to do is focus there for the next couple of minutes.